Welcome to everybody on BBS Radio. This is the Sunday grid healing call with our beautiful friends um, in the 10th density, the Elohim, and the Ra group in 7th, 8th density, who are all uh, here fifth, today. 5th, 6th, 7th. In all of the densities. <laughs> Welcome. And we're waiting for our host, Winfrey. To join us. Hi there, would you like to say your name and where you're from? Hi, see just John Dolan Spring. Hi, Joan. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Fancy doing some greetings? Are you brave? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it's a it's a worthy cause. Well, it absolutely is. <laughs> I'm suffering with a slight. Um, sore throat today. Oh no! Oh, you have the most angelic voice. Oh, thank you. So you must be an angel. Oh, <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> I think you might be. I think we're. You know what? I think we're all angels. <laughs> and when we cross over to the other side, things look a lot different. That's so sure. Yeah, then we really appreciate each other because we we realise how tough it was down here. Oh and, my gosh. And then, then we, we have great sympathy for each other when we see each other on the other side because we, we just, oh, that's you right. know, <laughs> we say, we Welcome made it. Welcome to the call. Would you like to say your name and location? It's Wynn in Sedona. Hello, Wynn. Morning, Wynn. Hi. Morning, Wynn. And Roger and Austin. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, Giggles. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Great to see you the other day, Roger. Well, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out timing-wise for me, but... Well, come next more. Thursday. <laughs> I'll send you an invite. Right, okay. I'll check it out. Here in Nevada. <laughs> hi, hi, Terry. Roger. Roger, you ever go to the herb bar? What's that? You ever go to the herb bar? I'm, I don't understand you. Willow in Ashland, Oregon. Hi, Willow. Hi, Willow. Welcome. Hi, everybody. <laughs> he asked you if you ever go to the herb bar, Roger. Oh, uh, no, I can't say so. It's in Austin. Uh, okay. And they carry our products. Oh, interesting. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. <clears throat> we call it herb, not herb. 
Where do you live? <laughs> is that in the south? In the southeast? It is, it's south. South uh, England. Oh, in England. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we have a conflict, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, we are. And oh, and there's room for all of us on this planet, too. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> those, those silent H's are tricky. <laughs> <laughs> they can cause World War III, you know. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Positive greetings from Sedona. Hi, Raiden. Hi, Raiden. Hi, Raiden. Positive greetings. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, let me see, is um, Carrie Marie on the line? Yes, I am. Yes, and hello. It's surely on the line. Surely. That must be a no. (laughs) Neighbors will show up. Raiden, is it going to rain in Sedona today? I don't think so, Wynn. I think it's going to be about 69 or 70, and there's too many darn chemtrails to see anything else. Unfortunately. Does anybody know what what they're doing with those things, those chemtrails? I don't know. Maybe they're in a... There is a lot of speculation, but I can tell you what I've seen from observation um, over here in the UK, this is my personal observation, when they spray, um, there's a kind of a light, misty, cloud cover that comes over and more often than not it rains the following day and when we have cloud cover in this particular location it keeps the temperatures warmer and without the cloud cover we get very very cold temperatures wow 
So that's what I've observed, and I suspect that in summer, um, I don't, I haven't got any categoric conclusions, but I'm not sure if it's actually keeping the heat in through the cloud cover, or if it's, you know, keeping it a bit cooler. I, I'm not entirely sure. Sija, let me um, interject something. The chances are, aside from that, what you said, that they're dropping things that are not good for humans. Yes, that's another interesting thing I've heard. And I think Roger is starting to... What is Barry... What is Barry? Yeah, I'm a skeptic. I'm a, I'm a uh, chemtrail skeptic. Well, how can you be a skeptic when you see them in the sky? I uh, don't see them around where I live very much at all. The only ones I see are contrails. Interesting. Which are normal. Do they the, disappear? Uh, Roger, the Roger, Roger, Roger. Go ahead. Roger. Do they uh, do the contrails that you're seeing disappear within 15 seconds? No, they hang around for uh, you know maybe 15, 20 minutes, a half hour. Sometimes they persist for a couple hours. <laughs> contrails do you... don't last more than 15 seconds. They are made of steam. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. Some of them are persistent. And I've got 3,000 If they're persistent, they're I've not made of steam. They're made of something else. Yeah. In 3,000 hours of flying, I've seen all kinds of contrails, and some of them will last for hours. And I'm talking That's because they're not, they're not made of steam. They're not made of steam. They're made of something else. Well, I yeah, guess they were doing, I guess they're doing contrails 60 years ago then, because that's what I am talking about. They might have been, I don't know. Well, but I do know that well, steam evaporates within 15 seconds. So if it's it depends on not evaporating and disappearing within 15 seconds, then it has to be something else besides water. That's correct. Uh, that's just... It depends on atmospheric conditions. Sometimes they persist, sometimes they disappear right away. Hmm. Well, I think there it's really times, interesting to listen to all different perspectives. there are too many conflicting theories about why they're doing it and what it is. So, uh, you know, I think some of it is valid if they're doing something. But I think probably at least half of I it think is I need a, uh, normal. I think we need to post the, uh, the planes yeah. that have the chemicals in them. Are we on BBS yet? Uh, yes, we are. Okay. Hello to our BBS audience, and this is a conference call, which is broadcast on BBS, and it is a, um, it started probably 18 years ago. And it started because I, Winfrey, who was the 
founder of this call was, ha was having conversations through my partner at the time with a source that identified itself as the Council of Elohim. Hang on just a moment here. Okay. And when it first started, I really didn't know who they were. And they didn't lecture me. They just told me to ask them questions. Cecil, are you on the line? Hello, Cecil. Is Jackie on the line? Okay, we usually start this call with an invocation because according to our conversations, and we have thousands of them at this point, this Elohim source say they're on the line right now from another dimension. And they're paying attention to us. And um, my partner, Terry Brown, who passed, is also on the line right now. And we may talk to her later. And it was quite an amazing thing because after she passed, after being on the calls and channeling the Elohim live for many years, with me asking them questions about how the universe works, how the universe got started, and what's the benefit of talking to them. Terry left the realm. She dropped her body as it's sometimes spoken as, and I was in a lot of grief, and shortly thereafter, various people that were coming to the calls started saying they think they're talking to Terry, and then I would have... Pardon me? Okay, all the lines are open now, so don't, um, don't, uh, what's the word? Don't make a lot of background noise or I have to mute you. And so I confirmed that I was actually talking to Terry. I mean, Terry could answer questions that only she would know.
There were a number of ways that I confirmed it. I knew it was Terry. And she felt a great sense of dedication to keep working with these calls, which have been helping a lot of people stay somewhat stable in this period of time when the world has got a lot of extremely negative things happening. And um, and we, we learned that people could graduate this realm and not have to come back if they fulfilled certain criteria. And our sources explained the criteria. And they needed to have their hearts open more than 50%. It's one of the main ones. And they needed to be in service to others. And now my headset just ran out of juice. Hello. I'm still here. Hello. Let me get on another um, headset. And we've had many, many miracles happen, including healings, as a result of making this connection with the Elohim. And this started when I was writing the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, And... Somehow or another, I got in the radar of these higher, higher sources, and here we are in the radar, and if you're listening, you're in the radar as well. So, um, let me see if I change my headset. One where the battery's not dead. Hang on. The audio quality is better using a headset. Just a moment. So we have very exciting call planned for you today, and I hope you'll hang out for the whole thing and see if you can feel the energy 
and make your own personal connection. I do believe when you make a personal connection, you end up increasing your chances of graduating this room. Like quite a bit. When do you want to start the recorder? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Seventeenth mm. December, twenty twenty-three. The recording has started. And this is December seventeenth, two thousand twenty-three. One of the things that happens now I'm back on my headset again is that we have a phenomenal body of information that comes through on these calls that has n never been my knowledge in this realm before, at least not in recorded history. So, and if you hear the people that are on the call, they have developed an affinity with each other that starts to feel like a family, a spiritual family. And it's very endearing and enduring to have that because many people feel isolated and scared about what's going to happen next. And these calls will give you an idea of the potentials of what might happen next. And we start the call with a little invocation. I call it an invocation to the light to acknowledge the presence of these beings on the other side who are using our little work we do here to help make themselves known and create the credibility that they really exist and are here. So it's an amazing experience and all you have to do is listen and we do this every Sunday and uh, And you're welcome. See, see if see if it's something that you have um, affinity with, that you relate to. See if you can feel the energy on the call. 
and recognize some of the wisdoms that come through on these calls. So on that note, I'm going to do my invocation to the light. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person on this call and any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in a flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one to join with us. And we create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. And in just a moment, we're going to say hello to Terry, but I'm going to play this short audio of a channeling where the Elohim introduced themselves and share a little about what they do and how it can be important. And if you're, if you're not aware, Elohim is the word for God in the Old Testament, and it's the word the Mormons use for God. And the sources that talk to us, when I asked them the question, do you like to be worshipped? They said, no. So this is not a classical explanation for God. This is, uh, they say, they prefer to be seen as our friends from higher dimensions. And they truly have proven to be our friends. And it's one of those things, you don't have to believe it, just tune into the calls and gauge your own feeling. And it's one of the major differences of the classical idea of God and the source that's talking to us. And you just have to be open-minded, but not believe things blindly. 
and feel the energies. So let me see here. I'm going to play this Elohim intro. This was recorded live quite a few years ago in that period when we first started talking to them. So here we go. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. The energy as we extend into your realm and throughout the space of the listening audience making connection to those that desire it in the audience. We are making connections at this time. We are mindful and experience in the connection with the individuals on this line. So love and gentleness of the connection and the very essence of the treasure that you each are. It is a very special opportunity to connect and to make ourselves available. We are unseen commit companions from our realm to your realm. We put down a ribbon of connection which brings energy to an essence to our realm and are happy to greet you. Does anyone have a question? If someone has a question, we can push star six. How about if I ask a question? Yes. So, I was speaking from my own human experience of having these ongoing conversations and learning how it all works. And I think it's fascinating to have you, you share when we create this group energy amongst us. And there's so many humans on Earth. Could you explain how you experience that group energy? 
I don't think you have eyes. So how is it perceived by you? We perceive it with joy from our realm. The experience of joy and recognition of the connection fills our energy hearts, so to speak, as we do not have bodies, with joy at the connection for it has been so long without connection and the majority of Earth people have forgotten that we are there and we experience this lack of connection as sort of a hole in our life, if we can call it our life, our experience, we look at the former back connection as if children have left home and have forgotten about the individuals that are left on a higher plane and we miss a connection. It is as if we are there and ready to connect but there is no connection. There is just an inward lookingness and experience and an exterior person to person experience without touching or coming up or experiencing our frequency when we connect it is a great joy and a fulfillment of our capacity to love and to connect it is like a family that has come back together and the lost or misplaced individuals in the family have come into contact. It is very fulfilling for us to experience contact. Thank you very much. And um, 
the Elohim, who you just listened to, describe themselves as not having bodies. They are pure energy. They have existed before there was a physical universe. They played a part in the creation of the initial template of the universe. And we have many conversations about that. And they're a little bit dismayed at how things have gotten negative in some areas of this physical universe. And they'd like to see it shift. And they're trying to make a contribution or contributions in the ways that they are able for that to occur. The person you heard talking has, has been my partner for 20 years, Terry Brown. And when these communications started, quite frankly, I didn't trust it. And I thought that maybe Terry was crazy or I had some negative source coming in. Now, there was nothing to indicate that, but I had to be sure that that wasn't true before I started talking about it. And there were many things that convinced me, including miracles. One thing was I asked them, was Terry ever anybody famous in a previous life? And they told me, look up St. Catherine of Siena, who I never heard of. So I Googled St. Catherine, and I found the story of this young woman from Siena, Italy, who would go into the local church and they would write down everything she said because they thought God was speaking to them through her. And all these conversations with the priests became transcribed and turned into a book called St. Catherine's Dialogues with God, which is still being sold on Amazon. And it became a classic of Catholic literature. And obviously, it's the same Terry that was just talking just now. And one of the things that really astounded me was that Terry was pretty close to the spitting image of St. Catherine. And what I learned was that when you die, your DNA gets carried in your soul. So when your soul decides to take another body, it programs the new body with the DNA of the old life 
And I found numerous examples of this being true with various people that I knew and found out who they were in a past life. And it's a compelling, to me, to me it's kind of a compelling truth that um, this work is legitimate and I believe we're doing something epic in this realm. And Terry is extremely shy. And she died in August of 22, 2022. And after she died, I was grief-stricken and I was laying in bed and I had my hand in the air and I felt what seemed to be her hand grabbing my hand. And I said to myself, did that really happen? And a few days thereafter, different people that were coming to our calls started calling me and telling me they think Terry is talking to them. And so I investigated each situation like that. And I kind of became convinced that Terry was talking and that she's on these calls right now. And we usually give a wave to Terry. And she brought, she has a bunch of friends with her from the higher realms, including Jesus, who are also on the calls, helping to monitor us and send good energy our way and help create the actualization of positive intentions in this realm. So let's give Terry a wave and invite all these sources in that are supporting us. And let me bring Terry Marie in. Terry Marie in Boulder, Colorado is one of the people who have, uh, we believe, or have Terry speaking through her to us. Terry Marie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, Colorado, Nevada. Did I say Colorado? I said Boulder City, Colorado? Okay. Excuse me. Boulder City is like on the outskirts of Las Vegas, about 20 miles away. And it's kind of an unusual city for Nevada because they don't have any gambling there. Am I right? 
Yeah, it's not far away, though. It's not far away. It's nothing in within the city. No. And Boulder City was founded when they were building Boulder Dam or Hoover Dam. Hoover and they needed no. they needed a city. They needed a place for all the builders to live while they were building it. And that's how Boulder City got started. And uh, the slaves carry. What's all that noise in the background? <laughs> if you're making noise, stop it. <laughs> All right, there we go. And Terry, would you like to say hello to us? Yes, greetings to everyone. I'm so delighted to be here and make this connection. Okay, I am going to mute everybody, so I get rid of those spurious sounds. Hang on just a second. And Terry Marie, you might have to do star six again when, when I mute everybody. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. Okay. Terry mm. Marie, are you there? Yes. Mm. Why don't you share with us how it started, how this communication with Terry started after she died? So, uh, saw her in a dream. Found out that it was the same time she was transitioning. And some uh, time afterwards, I had been in touch with other beings myself. Eventually, she came through. And I was connecting with others. And I was very excited. Careful. Was it like a voice you heard in her head? In your head? Uh, hmm. I heard exactly. I was uh, on the computer. Is how I connected with others, like type of automatic writing, but on and and all of a sudden name came up and I said, is that you, Terry? And yes. And uh, started conversation, simple phrases at first, but it eventually it got more and more conversations. Beautiful. 
So I started to have ongoing conversations with Terry through Terry Marie. And then there was another interesting phenomenon that occurred where I started having strange knocks on my wall. And in a conversation with Terry Marie, Terry took credit for making those knocks. And in fact, I heard one just as, as the call was starting. And I just wanted to, was that you, Terry? Yes. Yeah. You were just letting me know you were present. Correct. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's crazy. And I happen to be one of the most skeptical people around about all this stuff. In fact, I knew Terry for 20 years before we ever actually lived together. And uh, I thought she was out of it. In fact, she was always interested in channeling. And there was a lady in Culver City, California. Her name was Cheryl Taylor. And Terry would go to her home every week and sit in on her channelings. And she always wanted me to come, and I would never come. But sometimes I dropped her off and picked her up. And uh, that's how skeptical I was about channeling at the time. And I put the, the stuff we're doing now, I put it through so many tests in myself to believe it was valid and positive. And and here I am. Obviously, I convinced myself. So, Terry, what do you think of the situation on planet Earth right now? Much, much chaos going on. Uh, many souls in the higher realms are working with planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Purpose of making a change, bring in more positive negative is trying to take me. We won't let that happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, that includes the Elohim group, right? Yes. And we have another group but, that's associate, associated with us that calls itself the Ra group. And as you know, when I was writing the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, I had learned that it was most likely the Ra group who was speaking through Edgar Casey. And the Ra group, the difference between the Elohim group and the Ra group is the Elohim was around before there was a universe. 
And that's probably like trillion. Is that trillions of years ago, Terry? Pardon me? A long, long time. Yes, a long time. And, uh, and as you know, one of the most interesting things about this is I've had many discussions about how the universe was created. And the Elohim didn't really know what they were doing. They were experimenting. And, uh, I don't think they expected so much negativity to come up in in the universe and and particularly on our planet. And the the rod group is composed of beings that had physical bodies and had many lifetimes and then graduated this realm and ended up in this density or fifth dimension. Earth is in third dimension. And um, they did not have to come back and have more incarnations. But millions of them chose to come back. And they came back because they wanted to help this planet and the struggles that it was going through. Except when they came back and took bodies again, they didn't remember that anything because there's something called the veil of forgetfulness that every time you take a body, you may have the same soul you can access the same talents. There'll be similarities, but you can't remember anything. And it's a totally new discovery. And um, the Ra group has more wisdom in certain areas than the Elohim group because they had bodies and graduated. And the Elohim group didn't have the experience of having bodies, and their knowledge was vicarious. So, at some point, I had made a connection with the Ra group through writing the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, which is being sold on Amazon, by the way. And I highly recommend it. And and then a few years after we were talking to the Elohim, one day they said, we have the Ra group coming on and, and helping us because the Ra group could answer certain questions easier than the Elohim group because they had the experience of being in this realm and graduating, which the Elohim group did not have. And so the new source identified itself as Ra'an, which was a combination of the Ra group and the Elohim group, who's also on this line. 
And Terry, would you would you share with us when you died, when you dropped your body, what was the experience you had? Elated and was happy because I was going home. You knew you were going home? Yes. And it was very smooth transition. Now, you're, you're one of those people that graduated this realm and came back, right? Yes. In other words, you didn't have to come back, but you came back right. to be of ser- service. And once once you were here, you didn't remember that, did you? Mm, partially. But you were very curious to learn about spiritual things yes. as you were growing up. And uh, now you have the total picture of it. And... In the realm you're in right now, can you remember all your past lives? I can if I wish to, but I don't dwell on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, one of the things I planned to do today, and I didn't run this by Terry Marie, or the person I was going to do it with, and what we've talked to him before is John Lennon. And Terry Marie, is it okay with you if we have a little conversation with John Lennon? Okay, just give me a moment to connect. Okay. John, are you there? Yes. Is it okay with is it okay to have a conversation with you? Okay, we can give it a go. All right. Now I suspect that you are another old soul like Terry chose to come back on some level to be of service to this realm. Uh, can you is that true? Can you remember that? Well, it's true, but it was uh, more of a suggestion, what you say? I come. I was aware that needed here. My feet. You know, one of the things about the Beatles 
is that they had an amazing energetic rapport with each other, particularly you and Paul. And you could feel the energy of that rapport. Um, when you yes, heard, we had a good connection. We had a very good connection. Okay. Now, did you guys know each other in a previous life? Can you remember that? Yes. Did you all know each other? Or just you and Paul? Mainly Paul and I. Mm -hmm. Were were you bards in in England? Were we what? Were you what? Were you what, what is it called? Um, when buskers, buskers, buskers. You know, do you know you know what a busker yes. is? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's actually <laughs> um, I think any, right. It's an English word, right? And it's not uh, an American word. But it's used in America now. But it's people that were um, would sing on the street and pass the hat, right? Yes. And I believe I was a busker in in uh, in England a thousand years ago. Somebody told me that, told me the whole story of that, and they said I was a troubadour, and a troubadour is probably pretty close to a, a busker. Now, I uploaded some audios, and I can't, I'm trying to look for them now, and they've disappeared. Let me see here. Do you remember what you and Paul did? What you did? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in, in the past lifetimes. Like, can you identify the period of time? Was it in England? I suspect it was. Yes, it was in England. Mm -hmm. Were you singing in bars? No. Heard of the term court jesters uh, uh, performing events. 
or air. And were you mostly connecting with royalty or were you traveling around the country connecting with commoners? There was a period of time where we were with the but moved. Wanted to be more with the commoners more, and then started. Mm -hmm. And were you comedians? Oh, at times. Uh huh. Probably you saw more than Paul, right? Yes. This call was a little more serious. We had a good rapport with each other, and we could relate uh, to the crowds easily. Mm -hmm. And how about Ringo and George? Do you have any previous connection with them? No. No. And do you remember your experience when you died? Manic. I didn't understand what was happening. You didn't understand what was happening? Right. I didn't want to leave Yoko. Like a tug of war, I wanted to stay, but I knew I had to go. But I, I got through it. Difficult, but mm -hmm. I, I soon found that there were others waiting for me. Mm -hmm. I had to go. You know, I'm just curious. Did you talk to any Beatles from the other side once you were gone? Did you talk to Paul? Did you talk to Ringo? Did you talk to George? Not right away, but uh, yes. Make a connection and with George with George. More uh, spiritual. How about Ringo? Uh, the weak, weak connection. 
tried to get through to him, but he wasn't real receptive. Mm-hmm. You know, I did get, uh, uh, I thought, I found some some interesting YouTubes where Ringo thought he saw you as a ghost. And I thought I'd play it. You want to hear it? No. Sorry, Marie, I'm not getting clear on that. Let me play it. Anyway. I can feel him around here. Oh, I've seen uh, it twice. He's Did still... he feel that? Oh, yeah. You've, you've seen it? Oh, yeah, I felt uh, one time very strong that uh, I was in a hotel room in L.A. And uh, I was real down and miserable, whatever was going on. He was in the corner saying, what do you do? Then being miserable. So come on, get it together. No, I believe, like George, on that respect, though, we just did the joke a bit about the eggs, but uh, we do continue. And I do believe in God. (laughs) John, do you have any memory of that? Let me see, there's another thing here that's interesting. Hang on, let's see. This was one of the songs you, John, wrote after the Beatles had broken up and uh, they made a de- they turned it into a they just had a demo of it and they turned it into a, a fully produced song. And I'm just going to play the demo. And it seems like uh, <laughs> It's almost like a prediction of where you are now. I'll see what you think. I'll play it and see. Hang on. It's called Free as a Bird.
John, does that song does that song relate to uh, how you feel now? Yes, yes, I was feeling it at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, so strongly that what I wanted to be. You wrote many songs that alluded to uh, a spiritual realm. Yes, which I recognized. When I was young, and it made me feel a lot of affinity with you, like uh, um, instant karma gonna get you, strawberry fields forever. Um, across the universe. Now that, was that by you or George? You. Yes. Okay. And uh, let me see what else. Of course, imagine and I am you, you and me, and we are we and we are all together. I forget the name of that. What song was that? All this. Uh, no. I don't remember the name. Okay. And, well, that uh, was then. <laughs> this is now. Here come old flat top. He come grooving up slowly. They were songs. Uh, I was involved with some drugs at the time, which opened me up uh-huh. more. And a lot of those songs came about that way. It was a real feeling also. Do you, do you remember, some people think you uh, borrowed some lyrics from from another song. Uh, 
for that song. Do you remember that? No. No. It was a Chuck Berry hey. song. But I don't dwell on those things now because uh, a different place and it's not necessary to go back. Mm -hmm. Well, the world still remembers you for all those songs. You've, You've established a place in the world that will go on for a long time as people still learn from your songs and feel a connection. I'm glad that I was able to help in that way. My intention Mm -hmm. with others to help them to see what I saw, to feel what I felt, to know more about themselves, who they are, and our purpose. Now, you had a rebellious, wry sense of humor. And uh, you still feel that way? No. No. When you're in the, in the dimension you're in, do you make new friends there? Um, no. Yes, in a, in a way, yes. Not like in 3D, but always meeting others, other beings. Yes. And are people impressed with you because of your background as John Lennon? Mm, somewhat, but there are many others who were also had. Impressive lives. Uh, but yes, many know me for what I did on Earth. I mean, you know, if you were walking around on Earth, everybody would want to know you, right? I don't know everyone would, possibly. Any? Well, most people. People like to know famous people. And let me see here. I'm going to play another little audio clip here of George Harrison talking about you. Is in bed? I I wondered what you felt losing someone close to you for all those years. It's like uh, losing your parents or anybody you know and love, you know, all things must pass. But when it's taken in a violent way like that by somebody else, um, you know, it makes it very strange. He was very good. He was very good. And he, he was, um, in some ways, he was a, a slight genius. I mean, the uh, but apart from that, he was still just some guy like the rest of everybody else. He was no angel. He wasn't, but he was as well. Was he? Yeah.
Okay, John, what did you think of George's opinion of you? Mm -hmm. That was very good. I... George and I had a special connection deeper than with the others. He knew me. He could see through some of my antics, I always say. He knew deeply who I was. Mm -hmm. But you didn't collaborate with George very much, did you? Mm. Not as much as with Paul, but yes, we did. We had our moments, yes. Mm -hmm. All right. And have you have you seen George? Because he died, you know. You probably saw him on yes. the other side, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That connection, yes. Shared music. But, you know, can you play music in the fifth density? If you wish, yes. Any musician do here. I mean, do you have instruments? Not physical instruments. The thoughts can create sound and the feeling. The mm -hmm. feeling. Have you met? It's quite, quite beautiful. Have you made connection with the Elohim or the Ra group? Yes. Did you know did you know the Elohim or did you were you introduced to them through our call? Um I knew of them uh, when I got here. Mm -hmm. Not right away, but we did connect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, and I hope you. we'll do it again. I mean, you, you you were a big influence in my life, okay? And I thank you, because the time I heard you, you know, the Beatles broke through a lot of traditional ways of thinking about music and a musical act, right? And uh, I think, were they the first group to write their own songs? First? I believe they were amongst the first, if not the first. Because prior, they were professional songwriters and professional entertainers, and mostly they were separate roles. In any case, we will see you again, and and I do believe we are 
we're going to play something. You can, I hope you listen, because you can hear one of our conversations with the Elohim coming up. Yes. Be interesting. Many blessings to you and your group. Thank you. I'm just figuring it out. What I'm going to play now. Hang on. Okay. See, do do we have a lot of people on the healing list today? Um, Let's have a look. Five requests. And are four of them from John? Three of them. Three of them. Okay. (laughs) How did I guess? Great interview. Well, that's right. You're from England. You were there. Well, a bit before my time. All right. I'm going to play this. It's 74 minutes long, and I'm not going to be able to play the whole thing, but I'll play... uh, this call we did about how Ra and the Elohim interface. This is Winfrey, and this is Monday, July 25th, our BBS conference call. And on every Monday, we pick a topic. And then we query, we ask questions to, I call them a source that has been speaking to me through Terry Brown for the past uh, eight years, almost. And also Daphne. And, um, you know, anyone that's exposed to this for the first time I say this, and for those of you that are are regulars, excuse me for saying it over and over again, but it's a rather important concept that when we talk to sources in other realms, 
they don't really have a way to prove that they are who they say they are. And there's a tendency to give up your power and give it to that source. And these sources that we've been talking to don't don't seem to offer much opportunity to do that. They they don't encourage that. In fact, as I understand them, they're not they're here to empower us, not to disempower us. And also this idea that they're there and we're here is only part of the grand illusion because in the most accurate sense, they are us. We're them. They're like the ascended part of us and we're the descended part of them. And in the course of my conversations with them, there have been many breakthrough understandings about how realms interact, things which are kind of a mystery down here, things uh, things like who are the negatives, who is the positives, who is connected positively with the spiritual evolution of mankind. And in most historical ways, we refer to this idea of God we have an idea of God, and we think of God in a traditional way as a single consciousness that can be everywhere, do anything, knows everything, and is there for us. Well, it's my contention that these group souls have played that part in this realm since the beginning. And the interesting phenomena about a group soul, and this is something I'm going to say I can't prove, but I'll say it, is that they have the ability to come together and act as one or be separate and come together and act as one and be separate or come together in councils and work together and be separate. There's a flowingness to the energy. Perhaps um, in a human terms, a rough idea of that would be a bunch of guys that are in a family or that do whatever they do, and every Monday night they come down to a local club and play music together. And they happen to be really good. And when, I don't know if you know this about music, but I happen to be a musician. And when you play music, there is this point where if you're playing with really good musicians, you all get psychic. And so they know what you're going to do next. And if if you're listening to good musicians, you sense that. It's very exciting. And that happens in jazz. Probably the group that brought that, that idea to the forefront was the Grateful Dead in rock in terms of jamming. So they would come together, and there was this great synergy. And you knew they were of one mind. And that could happen in a sports team where there's one mind. So in a sense, all is one. 
And when we talk about group souls, it's just another way of looking at the oneness. And one one positive aspect of learning how this works is that in some way this, this uh, these other dimensions are invisible. We can't see them. But in some way as we get this approximate understanding of them, it seems to lead to a better relationship with them. And it's easier to bring in their energies when you can visualize them more closely as to who they are and how they function. Because, as I get it, they really do want to connect with us. In fact, we're the, many of us could be looked at as the ground crew, that we decided to take bodies to make this connection, because when we do, we create circumstances for miracles and transformation. And there are negative forces that don't honor free will, that would enslave us, that would do anything they could to keep us on, on a string, that constantly work to sabotage work of the positive forces. Now, in, in religious terms, Jesus called these negative forces the devil. But we've learned different ways of identifying them that make them a little bit more, how would I say it, less, less abstract. And know that they have bodies, they have spaceships, they, they do all kinds of things. And, um, but their, their motives, their agendas are not beneficent. And they need things from us. And they are willing to take them, violating free will. And it's, it's really a trick to learn how to tell the difference between the positive and the negative. So those of you that have been on these calls often know that we talk to a source that is called itself Ra'an. And Ra'an is a composite voice that is composed of parts of the Elohim group and parts of the Ra group. And we've learned that there are two group souls that are at the highest of this administrative process for our planet. And the Elohim group is at the center of it all and radiates energy throughout the universe and can shift things at a quantum level. Both groups can do that. The rock group, the Elohim group, by and large, has not had incarnations in this realm. That's not absolutely true, because some of them have. But most of them haven't. And according to what they tell me, the ones that talk to us have not. And they are very powerful at the center of it all. Now, the center of it all seems far away. But in the quantum field, the center of it all is right here. You exist in the middle of all the timelines, including the very beginning. So we separated ourselves. And when we break down the separation, we can start to feel them in space. 
that's many, many people on this line, these lines have experienced. I think we do three conference calls a week, and this is one of them. And on Wednesday, we do one, and on Sunday, we do one. They're all different, and um, it's a rather unique thing that we're presenting to people. And if you're interested in listening to our calls, get your pencil out. Go to conference.messageaday.net. Conference.messageaday.net. So the other group, Soul, is the raw group. And the raw group is composed of souls that have gone through human incarnations, maybe thousands of them, not necessarily on this planet, but on other planets as well, and even other galaxies, and they have graduated this realm. That means they don't have any more karma requiring them to come back into the lower realms. And they they still come back. They volunteer to come back. There's millions of of volunteers, according to our information from the Rod Group, who have chosen incarnations in this period of time to help with the shift. And even when they choose to come in, once they're here, they forget why they came. Just like you, just like me. We've all forgotten why we came here. And yet, if I have it right, we've had thousands of lifetimes. And the nature of this realm is that when you take a body, you don't remember anything. Your each lifetime is starting over, except you carry the same computer. In other words, if you developed being a great musician, somewhere in your computer there's a program for being a great musician. If you developed the ability to be highly technical, somewhere in your computer there is that program to be highly technical. So we come in and we carry our computers, and it's the way our life directs itself somewhat determines what program we open. And uh, you meet somebody that you knew in another lifetime when you were doing something, and suddenly the program from that lifetime starts to come forth. And uh, you might meet different people. And you get a program you have a good connection with, and you say, oh, I'm going to start a career. And you meet people from past lives over and over again. But the key is not to focus on the past lives, because the past lives are all here. If you can imagine that there is no past and future, and that right now you have access to all these different parts of yourself that are here right now. And all you've got to do is impulse yourself to go looking for them, and you can shoot them down. Um, may not be as easy as that, but nonetheless, it's possible. And also, we have the rock group. And as I come to understand the rock group, you know, I, I, I give the, the opening description as a group soul that's composed of graduates of this realm. And and they can work with us. And they can work with us two ways. They can talk with us through a channel who, who can bring information forth. 
And they can also send energy to us. Um, it, as I was writing The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, I learned that Edgar Casey and David Wilcock were channeling the Ra group. And uh, right now, David refers to the Ra group as management. I noticed that when I looked at his last blog, which is kind of a good way of understanding them. They manage a lot of stuff in other realms. They manage, protect, and they say that they work when they are called. They work with us when they are called. Otherwise, they leave us alone. So somebody has to be looking for them. So what we're going to do is we're going to interview them as long as they want to do it. I, I, I haven't asked them. I'm assuming they'd like to do this. You know, we talk to the voice that says Ra on, and we don't usually separate the Ra group out. We get answers from both, although sometimes the Elohim says there's an answer from the Ra group or, or someone in the Ra group. And as we've come to understand it, the Ra group was very active in Egypt, in the pyramids, um, in Jesus' time. Uh, the Ra group was... One time I asked a question to Daphne, uh, and Jesus said, you know, they are clobbered. But I'll say it, look back. When Jesus said, Father, who answered his call? The answer was the robber. So the robber has looked like God, and so has the Elohim group. And of course, if you go into the semantics of it, since the whole universe is one energy, and that energy is could be looked at as God. These are the hugest subsets, to my understanding, of that energy. And they work to give opportunities for transformation in this realm. And another thing I've learned is what causes transformation? What is it that one could get out of um, being around a highly evolved spiritual person? What would they be trying to do to evolve us? So the way that I understand evolution, the way evolution works, is that each of us is a human in with a spirit attached. And the spirit has the potential to go through many dimensions. We also have an energy system in us, and we have DNA. And when we can bring energy in from higher, let me just say, when we can be in the space of energy that can open up our different chakras, then we open up our DNA, and when enough of it all gets activated, then you are now in higher levels, and you don't have to reincarnate again. You're now operating in another dimension. And as you keep doing that and go higher, it gets thinner, and eventually you're in a pure spirit form, 
and perhaps you, you're connected with the rock groups. So the key is, we did a talk on this one night, this idea of energies that move through your body and activate DNA. So there's seven chakras in the Indian Hindu system which represent energy centers, and there's the solar plexus, there's the heart, there's the throat, there's the third eye, and there's the crown chakra. And so each of those connects to a strand of DNA. So if you're in the space of someone who has an open heart, then that's radiating love energy, then that energy goes, if you, you have to be open to it now. You can't just be in the space. You have to be open. That energy gets received by your heart and then starts activating your DNA. If you're in that space enough, then you will be able to hold that space open all the time. So, for example, if one was very diligent in growing, maybe you would go to a meditation group every morning. And every morning, they bring in the energy of higher spaces. And you sit in those energies, and after a period of time, you incorporate them into your life and hold them. Maybe you go to a religious service once a week. Maybe you go to a yoga class. Um, or maybe you come to our calls. Because on these calls, that energy is also present. But it's not coming in from the physical. It's coming in from the other realms. Many of you have noticed that. Take a moment when we stop. Sometimes you get preoccupied with listening, and it occupies your conscious mind, and you lose the awareness or the touch with the other dimensional stuff that's happening. But just take a stop. Take a moment and see if your heart feels open. See if you sense a presence around you that's positive. Some of you feel that. And I would believe that presence is one of the ways to move souls make themselves known. In the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, the Rod group said, uh, if you want to contact us, I should read this, but I don't have it in front of me. If you want to contact us, send energy through your crown chakra to us, and we will send it back down in the form of love light energy. And you guys know that we do that every Sunday. That's part of how I developed that meditation that we do. And so many people experience it. Try it right now. Send the energy up through the top of your head. And imagine that there's this loving source that can catch your energy, but not trap it. Catch it and send it back down to you as what they call love light energy. I, I happened to read it last week, and uh, what I remember reading was what it said is to breathe through your crown chakra. So you inhale, and when you exhale, just pretend it goes through your crown, crown chakra, and they will send it back to you as pockets of thought. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, breathe in. As you take a breath in, bring in, see the energy going from your breath up through the top of your head and above your head. When? This is Julie. Yeah. I have found it much easier than that, the time that they did the healing on me. Uh, I, I just focused my awareness basically at the top of my head. And they came immediately, and I just did that now, and it's so powerful. It's easier than the breathing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Everybody, it, it doesn't mean there's one way to do it. Thanks, Julie, no. for, for sharing. Okay. Um, but, um, but in general, I'm just, since that was their words, and that's the way they said it, I'm just using that. I mean, really, any time when people meditate, they don't even know it. They're connecting. They're most likely connecting with the raw group. But in any case, I'm going to stop talking. And uh, and we're going to go into a channeling. And we um, have a lot of time tonight, so we're going to see what we can learn from the raw group about how to make a better connection with them, things they've done in the past, and any any guidance they'd like to give to our group. And uh, we have a little invocation to bring in protective energy. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person on this line. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and transmuted to the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the energy fields of our planets, through the outer energy fields of the Earth, coming through to the top of our heads, through our bodies, and into the center of the earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy amongst all of us on this line who would like to participate, maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive service to others, honoring the law of one to join with us and we create a protected space that only the positive has access to and anything not of that nature must be hell. Now this is Lynn just making a comment. You notice we asked for their presence. We asked for them to work with us. I didn't use the name Ra or the Elohim, but they're they're included in that group. I don't like to use their names in that in that particular invocation because when people listen to us who have a predisposition about how they like to name these sources, I don't want to confront their their way of doing it. Um, they don't care if you use their particular name. They care that you've made connection with the energy and 
can feel it and ask and reach. That's their concern. And so I don't use uh, the names in that context. And if you, some people might say God and, and feel this energy, and that would be probably the same energy. But we'll talk to them about that. This is a very interesting topic to discuss publicly. And uh, I hope Terry's not muted. Maybe you should say something, Terry. Yes. Okay, we hear you. So let us know. Let us know when a source is present. They're present. They are. Yes. So do we? Yes. Go ahead. We're ready in time. Pardon me? We greet We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. This is July twenty fifth, two thousand and eleven on planet Earth. And we welcome in we welcome the contact with each and every person that wishes to make contact with us and we are available for contact and I believe this subject we believe the subject is the connection. And we, as brought on, are speaking as the voice through Terry Brown. Thank you. We, in the connection with us, we are available. And we see religious groups who are praying and who are praying fervently who expand up from their crown chakra five feet, four feet, six feet, and they are seeking so hard to reach connection with all that is where God and we are a part of all that is and we are multidimensional and available and we do hear prayers and we do work with the individuals who are praying and we do make the connection. However, many individuals do not believe since they cannot see the response, they cannot see the energy that is responding. They do not know for sure if they have connected. And so the ones with the faith that they have connected do make the connection. However, in order to better sense that they have connected, they can use following guidelines. They're now, if you want to hear those guidelines, you have to tune in next week, and we'll continue with this. And uh, we're going to continue. First of all, we're going to be off BBS radio in three minutes. So just letting you know, we do this Sunday call every week. We have other calls during the week. 
Uh, we have a book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey. It will all help you tune in to these higher frequencies. And uh, it's see you there. I am here. Are you ready? Fiji is going to go through our healing list. If you want to get on this list, inthelight.intelligent-infinity.com. Inthelight.intelligent-infinity.com. And I turn it over to Fiji. If you're on BBS, we will probably just drop out at 1 o'clock. So thank you for listening. And uh, we hope you come back again. Go ahead, Sita. Thank you. I call in the love light of protection around each and every person on this healing list, a subject of the healing list, listening to this call, or reading a transcript, or listening to a replay. John from Las Vegas, please put the continued improvement of the U.S. economy, the strengthening of the U.S. dollar, and the improvement of the world economy all into the love light so that many more people can be prosperous. Thank you. Wynne, do you want to mute yourself? Yeah, sorry. Ten seconds for John's Improved economy economy request starting now. 